Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi guys, happy Monday. I'm just hopping on before the episode starts to do a quick little intro for our guest today. You guys probably know who it is already because I'm sure it's the episode title, but today we're talking to Susan Peterson, who if you know her, you love her. If you don't know her, you're about to fall in love with her. She is the founder, CEO, and chairwoman of Freshly Picked which she started out of her apartment 12 years ago. She was on Shark Tank and now Freshly Picked is like humongous and wildly successful. I met Susan just a few weeks ago. She messaged me on Instagram and then we ended up going to get lunch. And she's just, oh, she's one of those people that you talk to and like 25 seconds into the conversation, you're like, you make me feel like I can do anything. She's brilliant. She's fun. She's super passionate about what she does and uplifting people around her and helping women in business kind of find their way. And I'm just so glad that she joined me on the podcast this week. So I'm sure she will be back because I loved every minute. But for now, please enjoy my interview with Susan. Susan May Peterson is here. (laughs) I felt. (laughs) How many other podcasts have you been on? Oh, so many. I don't even know. Rude. I thought you were going to say this was your first. It it can be. Yeah. (laughs) It's my actually. I've been on uh, uh, just a couple, but not very yeah. many girl-hosted podcasts, actually. Yeah. A well, lot of... A we're, lot the, of... we're the few, the proud. Yes, I here. love it. Okay. So, Suze, yes. you run, own, started, freshly picked. Yeah. So, it's a founder, chairwoman, CEO. Boss-ass boss bitch. Yes, please. Okay. That's... Always. That's the correct term. Yes. Um. Yeah. And you are, I mean, like, literally one of the most successful CEOs, female CEOs of all time and CEOs probably, right? <laughs> I, right? Yes. I'm You've got to be. I'm pulling some hot girl energy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I No, am. seriously. Yes. And you built it all by yourself. You started this, what, in your apartment? Uh, yep. At Just... my kitchen table. Actually, right over here on 3rd Ave <gasps> in Salt Lake City. I didn't City. know you lived in Salt Lake. Yeah. We lived in the Avenue. So if my, if my Shark Tank knowledge serves me, you mm-hmm. started, so you couldn't find shoes for your mm-hmm. son mm-hmm. and you literally hand-stitched some of your first like pair of mocks yeah on a sewing machine but yes i made them by hand yeah and started an etsy shop Uh uh-huh and then at what point did you go on shark tank were you just on etsy at that point no i was on shopify by then oh okay yeah and so that was what was that 10 years ago that you were on shark tank uh no we were we it aired in 2015 oh yeah Oh, but you started Freshly Picked 12 years 12 ago. 12 years ago. Okay. Yeah, we're coming up on 12 years. Gotcha. 2015. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then Shark Tank. And then since then, just like explosion. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. And you do, so... Listen, like, success is... What is it? It takes seven years to become an overnight success. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that's, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, a lot of people asked how we met. So we just met on Instagram. Yes. I reached out to you. That's how I meet everybody these days. I only mm-hmm. have like four friends and I met them all on Instagram. And I like, <laughs> I will forever laugh at this because you slid into my DMs and you're like, hey, I'm a local entrepreneur. No, I said I too am a fellow entrepreneur. Okay. That's even <laughs> worse because I was like is this who I think it is? And she's just, she's like totally underselling herself as just a fellow entrepreneur. No, well, you are an entrepreneur. Well, I am, but I just, I thought it was very cool. You, I'll just say this. First of all, you have like every excuse in the book to be like a total like wench and like you could be terrible all the time and Mm. you, and people would still listen to you, but you are like the coolest, the most down to earth, the most normal. Like you came, we, we went to lunch the first time we met and I was like, she's like, we split a sandwich. We split a sandwich. Yeah. In a panoramic. Yeah. In a a Panda Express. (laughs) We did that. No, but you were just like, I was really nervous to meet you and you were just unbelievably cool. Okay, but I was nervous to meet you too. That's so weird though. I'm always nervous. You are a cool, like, I feel like you're a cool girl. Well, you're a cool, you have cool girl energy. You're, you're building something really cool. And whenever I like admire what someone's building or what they're working on or Mm -hmm. what they're creating, I get nervous around them. Well, you are like, I know so many of the people that I've met, all the, you know, small business owners that I met, you are like the pinnacle, like people love you. And it's, and like, because of your business stuff, but then also every time somebody meets you, when I said that you were going to be on the podcast, everyone was like, she is the coolest person I've ever met. So (laughs) that's so nice. So that is that. But I put a question box up on my Instagram just for people to ask kind of whatever. And then I have some more obscure questions for you because I know we're going to talk business and all your little insights and tips and tricks and things Mm -hmm. that you want to tell the world. Yeah. And then I want to know like your favorite cheese and things like that. Okay. First up. Okay. Imposter syndrome. Oh. How do you feel about that? Do you get it? Do you still have it? Always. Constantly. Really? Not, Not constantly. Still? Um, but yes, I do. And I have an antidote. Okay, tell me. Um, it's actually an antidote for a lot of things. Yeah. And it's stop thinking about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Imposter syndrome to me and post um, event anxiety are the same. Interesting. Yes. So like, oh my gosh, did I talk too much? Do people hate me? Did I say something stupid? Did I offend that person when I said this? And then also can I like they're the same. It's the same energy. Definitely. And it's a lot of doubting yourself and not being confident. And so I started my friend, Kimmy mm-hmm. Crosby, shout out Kimmy Crosby. Kimmy. Um, um, she would do this thing after you'd hang out with her where you'd be in the car on your way home and you'd get a text from her telling her, telling you how much fun she had, mm-hmm. how much she admires this one thing about you and how much she can't wait to see you a friend, how much she values your friendship. Yeah. And it would always make me feel so good and I would never doubt the night. And I started doing it because I was like, this is really good behavior. Like it makes me feel good. I want to start doing that after I hang out with someone. Um, And then I started noticing that my post event, um, like anxiety would go away from that. Yes. You did text me after we hung out and it made me feel so good. Mm -hmm. You did that. But it's just a good habit I do. It's I, I'm sincere about it. No, I know. It's insincere. No, but I think that is such a good... I Like, because I specifically remember Matt and I went over and we had dinner with you guys. And I remember leaving and you sent me a text just like, that was so much fun. Let's do it again. And I remember being like, oh, I'm so happy that that went well. And that like, it, like it was all cool. Like, 
it's amazing what it can do for somebody. Yeah, just a little note. And so after I'll do like go to an event where I talk and talk and talk and talk and yeah. give and give and give. And then I'll I'll text some like I'll text people that I saw during the day. So much fun to see you. Real things that I admire about them, real things I noticed about them. And then the post event anxiety goes away. And so whenever I get stuck in imposter syndrome, like, I don't know what I'm doing. People think I'm a fraud. Someone's taking the keys away. I realize that I need to reach out and help someone. And it totally takes away my imposter syndrome. Okay, we are 11 minutes in. And that is the most helpful advice (laughs) I've ever heard. Seriously, because I always think about like, I mean, yeah, I, I'm always thinking about myself. I'm always mm-hmm. like, well, what if people, you know, and I'm always like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm so bad at this. I'm so like, I don't, I don't deserve this. I shouldn't be doing it. And and people are like, how do you combat that? And I'm like, I don't, I just feel sad. <laughs> <laughs> but if you, if, if you reach out and you help someone, then you're like, wait, I do know what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then, and I just think, I think going along with that, like with your employees, like, tell me if you feel this way, like then they just enjoy working with you and they Mm want to be around you. And then that's what, honestly, that's what like success is. It's like making the people around you feel good and feel up like uplifted and all of that. Like, isn't that such a great success to like that? Yeah. You know, I had people answer in the question box that they were like, oh my gosh, I used to work with her and I had such a good experience. And I'm sure because that was a priority and it's not like, how do I make myself look good? How do I make myself feel better? It's like, how do I make my employees feel good or the people that I ran into or the people that I meet or right? Well, and wins in business are really so far and few between. Yeah. They really are. Mm-hmm. And so if people feel like the process is a win, yeah, like they're they're gaining something just from the process mm-hmm. and they're coming out of it a better person, yeah. then, then you do feel like you're winning in business. Yeah. Okay. So just speaking of employees, what was kind of your process with employees? Like who are the first people that you hired? Where do you look for employees? Do you, how have you found your best employees? Like what's like, what's that been like? Oh, this is, I've talked to so many people about hiring mm-hmm. and, um, there's so many like this is like such a but your dad's I'll go with it um, <laughs> so no matter what you're still batting 500 yes like you get it right half the time yeah you can have the best things in place and even in baseball the, the a good average is 300 right so it's like even lower yeah yeah so when you first start out you're hiring friends and family because that's who you know and people will say don't do business with friends and family it's true and then it's not true and then it's true again and then it's not true again like that is even like a crapshoot, honestly. So when you first start out, it's like, who do you know that wants to work for you? That's yeah. really how you find employees. Unless you're like starting out with like a board and you've raised money and you're hiring Harvard MBAs and you're working with McKinsey, like you have yeah. it all set out. There's different ways to start a business. But if you're just like one woman show, you're hiring friends or family or like people who are genuinely interested and fans of the brand. Yeah. Yeah. Then you kind of get to this point where you need to hire people with like skill level that can level up the business. Um, And so whether it's a drive, they like have an insane drive and they're willing to learn and just like get dirty with you, or they actually have like real skills around systems and processes that can level up the business. And so that's who you need to look for next. And you can kind of pick from the same pool, but they're probably just one or two people removed. Like a lot of my employees are family of or friends of employees. And then, you know, now we're at the point where we're like, we've, we have used recruiters in the past. I don't like using a recruiter, um, but we're like putting it out there on LinkedIn. I'm constantly networking, talking to people kind of like, I have a, I have one friend who says he, he's always recruiting talent. He's, he's like, 
he like had like these people bringing an ERP system and he recruited the girl who was like yeah. <laughs> putting it in. So yeah. he's really like good. Like everything's at, a yeah, recruiting opportunity. Everything. Yeah. But I think like what I would say, though, is understand what you're good at and don't backfill for yourself because you'll get really frustrated. Do yeah. what you do best and then you hire out people around you. Hire out the rest. Yeah. Like where kind of where you're where you're a little bit weaker. Mm-hmm. That's where yeah, you want to hire. You don't want to do anymore. Yeah. And what you what a lot of what I did and what a lot of people do is like, well, what I like to do is the most important thing. So I need help doing that. When in fact, you actually just need someone to ship something so you can keep doing what you do. Yeah. OK. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. OK. So you've been doing this. Yeah. Like we said, 12 years. Mm-hmm. Has there been burnout? Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) Okay. How do you, how do you, how do you fight it? Does it mean a change? Does it mean a rest? Does it mean, what is, what has it meant for you when you felt burned out? I mean, for me, it's, there's been so, so burnout there, it comes from your business and then it also comes from outside your business in last year was really hard for everyone. Right. Um, And, and it wasn't just, it wasn't just a pandemic. It was like, Everyone was dealing with a pandemic and then lost jobs or family members being sick and not just from COVID or losing like so many things. So mine kind of all like culminated at the end of the year. Uh, My grandpa was on hospice and I had a friend that was really sick too. And then I had my board meeting. This was the end of 2020? Uh Uh-huh. In December, actually. And um, so I was prepping for my board meeting all week. And my grandpa was at my mom's house on hospice. And I would go to her house at night and, like, try to talk to him and, like, spend time with him. Yeah. And then I also had a friend who was, like, on hospice, too. So it was, like, really hard. And um, I went over the morning of the board meeting and, like, I wore makeup to her. I never wore makeup. But my board's coming in. My investors are there. And... um, he I knew he was going to die that day and I told my mom like I have to go sit in a board meeting and yeah. so like don't please don't send out a family text like don't text me I'll text you when my board meeting's over because yeah. I need to focus you know and I just knew like halfway through the board meeting I just knew that he was gone yeah and um but I finished the board meeting and I was doing that breath you do where you just finished crying like <gasps> Yeah. Like yeah. you kind of can't help yourself, yeah. you know? And the one board member ke- like kept looking at me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. And then we did this and like, it's not a song. They would have been fine, but I, I knew I was, I knew I needed to break down and mm-hmm. I knew I needed to give myself time to break down and I didn't want to do it then. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, so finish the board meeting, call my mom. He had died right when I thought during yeah. the board meeting. And then um, my friend died the next day and I was spent like we'd spent a whole year keeping the business afloat. It's it was a lot of work for everything. And I was just like, I need I need two weeks. Yeah. And for me, I recharge just being by myself. I have to be by Mm -hmm. myself. And it's not even self-care. It's like, let me be comatose in my bed for a little bit. (laughs) And. I just recharged and then I slowly am like cleaning my room and then starting to go walking by myself and spending time with like mm-hmm. my family's always there, mm-hmm. you know, but, um, so, so that's what it looked like then. Yeah. Um, a lot of times at the end of the summer I'm spent because I've got my kids are home and mm-hmm. I'm trying to like manage kid activities and manage work and, 
summer's our big prep for Q4. And so we're doing a ton of projects then. And then I travel a lot in the summer. And so like by August, I always have like a pretty big trip booked right before school. And we'll go somewhere and Chris is off doing stuff with the kids all day. And again, I'm like, yeah, just laying in bed. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I think like a lot of time you however you recharge, do you recharge like not everyone recharges the same yeah. way, but like figure like taking the time to recharge and you can't it's so hard actually to kill your business. Yeah. If you take a step back from it for a little bit. Yeah. It's really hard to kill your business. Here's here's a question that I have. Like, do, do you feel like you, when you take that time off, like when you are, you know, alone and you're just giving yourself a, a mental break, do you feel like your mind is still going with like business stuff? Like, does it feel or are you able to just kind of like put it aside and say, I'm not going to worry about that right now. I'm not going to think about it because I feel like like this is the problem I have. And I think a lot of people that I've talked to have had it. It's like, yeah, I take time off, but I'm still obsessively thinking about it. Mm-mm. And so it doesn't feel like I took time off because I'm still just so stressed about it. Like yeah. I'm laying in bed and I'm watching movies and I'm like taking time off quote unquote, but like I'm stressed all the time. And then yeah. it's just contributing to the burnout. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't even know how I've done it, but I, you met Nika. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, she was at my house one weekend. I think it was like three years ago. Mm-hmm. And she was talking about this guy we work with. And I yeah. go, who? And she goes, so-and-so who yeah. at work. And I go, oh, yeah, I don't think about him on the weekends. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd worked with him for like four years. And you're like, so, like maybe you just are able to compartmentalize it. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's a matter of like. I think as a working mom, you have to get pretty good at compartmentalizing. Like, that's why I love a commute. People hate a commute. I love a commute Mm -hmm. because I can, like, process stuff from work. Are you a music listener? No, I don't even listen to... Sometimes I don't don't even... You just like the silence. Private. Yeah. Yeah, Quiet. Yeah. Sometimes I'll listen to a podcast. Um, Sometimes I'll listen to Office. Like, just, like, something. Oh, yeah. You watch TV (laughs) while you drive. Listen. I listen to TV (laughs) while I drive. Um, But I, I just... I've... I have rituals where I can like turn stuff off yeah. and like get ready for what's next. Yeah. Did that come naturally or did you no. have to, you had to learn how to do that? Yeah. There was like when I first started because it was in my home too. like, Oh, I, you can never get away. Oh, and I was so burnt out, but I didn't know how to stop and I couldn't quit. But then as soon as we moved the office yeah. out, there was kind of this thing I started doing when I shut the door where I'd go, okay, that's all I can do for today and leave it yeah. no matter what. And then when I'd open the door, even if, it felt like something was burning overnight. It's like, okay, but now I can face it with fresh eyes. Yeah. 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 And like, what good is it going to do if you stay there and just sit and obsess over it? No. Like, is anything going to get done? No. And if you get mean emails or mean comments at mm-hmm. like 10 p.m. at night, no good can yeah. come from you replying to them then. Yeah. Okay. So we were talking about, uh, yeah, just being a working mom. And I think that was another, that was a really common question that I got. Just the balance between, you know, CEO and mom and how yeah. you, how you do how you do it? So I do not know where this term came from, but balance does not exist. Because how we think of balance, which is like two ends of a scale, mm-hmm. and you put one into one and it starts to weigh down, so you have to balance out the other side. Yeah. Like it's just, there. there's nowhere in your life where that exists. Yeah. And so like the fact that we've again put something on women that feels impossible. Yeah. <laughs> My dad actually, who is a closeted feminist, um, I keep having to like show him like, dad, these are the ways you you've raised four feminist daughters. Yeah. And so you can't Do you have a brother. You yeah. Have two brothers. Oh, two brothers. Okay. But th- there's four girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I remember. Um, and my very my dad's very conservative, very traditional. But when I first started out, 
I called him and I'm like, I feel bad. I'm not spending quality time with my children. He's like, I'm so you're working from home and they're there. Like, what more are we trying to do here? And he's like, you need to be like, you need to go easier on yourself. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, it's such a good like, first of all. So that's like the number one thing with working moms mm -hmm. is like stop being so hard on yourself mm -hmm. for anyone actually because you're doing way better than you. we're we're all like really unreliable auditors of ourselves yes 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 so so that's the number one is like just take a step back and don't be so hard on yourself and mm -hmm. imagine if you were like giving your best friend advice on this yeah right because you would fight to the death for your friend to see like how amazing she is right but we don't do that for ourselves yeah, that's rude. That's we're, rude of us to do bitches. to ourselves. We are not good to ourselves. <laughs> and then the other thing is, is like I, every decision I make for business or family, I am constantly weighing. I know that I'm risking. I know there's a risk involved here and it's either to my business or to my family. Mm -hmm. And it's a calculated risk. And I'm making decisions based on, is this going to grow my family? Is this going to grow my business? Is it not going to grow either? Is it going to grow my family, but not my business? Is yeah. this going to grow my business, not my family? And it's like a constant. Now I'm really good at them. I can make quick decisions. Yeah. But like I would agonize over stuff. And it sometimes like, yeah, I have to grow my business and I have to have faith that like my family's not going to implode. And then the inverse is true. Right. But men don't deal with that. Male CEOs don't deal with that. No, no, no. It's one of our innate. We're nurturers. We're mm -hmm. just we're nurturing. Yeah. Whether it's a plant or a business a dinner or yeah. a business or whatever we're, yeah. we're nurturing and so like um but that that's just that's the way it is and so don't i i actually think it's a it's a strength of mine yeah is that i'm able to see the details of things definitely in a way that that maybe a man couldn't okay we talked about this a little bit off air but um as a ceo do you feel like you have this like outward persona like people are like oh that's run by a woman she must be this way um i don't I don't, I don't know. I don't have big bitch energy. No, you don't. You have very cool and like very laid back energy. Um, but do you feel it that way? I feel that way about you. Yeah. Like no. you're very like cool as a cucumber. I, and I also feel like, um, it's never like my way or the highway. Mm -hmm. And when things go wrong, it's always like, this is a cool learning experience yeah. or how can we capitalize on this? Right. Not like you guys didn't listen to me. What the hell? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So what about times where you, where you have had to like, lay down the law <laughs> or something like that or like well, when you had to really stick up for I, yourself give me a badge because i'll wear it with honor yeah like i that, well, when i asked you that off yeah. air and i said do, do people say you're bitch you said yeah hopefully well i hope, yeah there are some times when i've had to stand up for myself my family or the business of course and in that respect like i'm taking care of those things and not this person yeah and so if they felt slighted or felt like i was didn't treat them fairly I don't care because I was taking care of the things that because you made the best decision yes. for the things that matter more. Yeah, but I do hope people call me bossy and difficult. Yeah, like they're like I embrace those things, and we should all have those in our tool belt and know how to and when to deploy. Well, if them. you weren't bossy or difficult, then your business would not be how it is today because it was based on your your vision. And when you're when you're determined about that, if somebody would have come in and said, "Hey, I think you should change this, this, and this," and you're like, "Okay," here's the thing. That's been called assertive mm -hmm. um, and ambitious and a great negotiator if you're a different gender. And yeah. so, like, for me, I think, like, oh, I'm a Beyonce apologist. I'm obsessed. Yeah. I love her. I love her, too. But if people, like, she's like, I'm not bossy. I'm the boss. And, like, yeah. there are some terms that I think, like, 
let's just own these. Yeah. Have you seen that Taylor Swift interview? Mm-mm. Are you, where are you at on Taylor Swift? Um, I'm neutral. Neutral. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was neutral like last year. And then now this, the, the, the past few months I've like very much gotten back into her, but she has this interview where she, she goes through all of the phrases that like you say about men and then the ones you say about women, like mm. men, men react, but women can only overreact. Yeah. Those are the only, I'll send it to you. Cause it's really good. Cause she gets into that. Like how people say, Oh, yeah, same thing. Like, she's bossy, but he's the boss. Well, and like when Serena Williams got emotional. Oh, yeah. And it's like, no, she was standing up for herself. Yeah. Well, and it's like, have you ever heard the term, you know, we we hear the term all the time, unfit mother. She was an unfit. Have you ever heard the term unfit father? No. Nobody ever says that. Nobody no. ever says like, did you watch the Britney Spears documentary? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yes. So Matt and I were talking about this, how motherhood I, I said this on a, when I was on uh, Hive Mind with Meg. We were talking about this because we were talking about the Britney interview, and we were talking about how motherhood is weaponized and so, womanhood in general is kind of weaponized because you know when Britney Spears was was in at the height of like her performing years, mm-hmm. she would get interviewed and people would say, "How do you explain yourself to mothers out mm-hmm. there? You're too and sexy." Then, yeah, and then when she was a mom, it was an attack on how how she was a mom. Mm-hmm. But never do you see like these male artists who, you know, say degrading things about women and all this stuff. Nobody ever says, how do you explain yourself to fathers out there? Mm-hmm. You know, nobody ever questions that. And I just think mm-hmm. it's just, I mean, it's like thing on top of thing on top of thing of like mm-hmm. uh, of different standards that women have to d- have to deal with. Yeah. And it is hard to be a female entrepreneur. Yeah, it is. And I think what is the hardest part? Um, for, I think it's different for everyone, but I think like, I've talked to you about this. There's yeah. not there's not a clear path. And so a lot of times I feel like I'm trailblazing. And I'm yeah. really good at like I seek out and surround myself with people who are really smart and really wise. Mm-hmm. And whether it's a business owner or. And you let those standards slip when you met me. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, I'm, t- no. I'm, t- I'm totally kidding. I, I'm, I'm aggressive with getting friends. Yeah. I'm super aggressive about it. And um, but. And I do the same thing with mentors, but I think if, if, if you're not that way and, um, a lot of times people aren't, then you're just kind of like, well, what do I do next? And how do I scale this? And how do I grow? And who is going to help me? Mm -hmm. And, um, there is a predatorial underbelly and bottom feeding group of like people who are out to insert themselves in the margin of businesses and, you know, their, their approach is you're doing it wrong and you're not smart and here's how I'm going to help you. And I'm the reason, and you need me. And so I think there's that there, there's so many, there's so many things. And then there's like societal things. Right. It's just being a female professional at anything is remarkably harder than being a male. And it's just the way the world's set up. I mean, look at the NCAA weight room. Oh my gosh. Have you been following that? I've never been angrier. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. And their food. Have yes. you been seeing their food? Yes. Um, wait, are you back on TikTok? No. Oh, okay. But, <laughs> but, I, but I've read articles and it's like the, the big thing is people are like, well, the boys bring in more money. Okay. Well, then the, ta- the colleges should all use, lose their tax exempt. If, if this is a business all of a sudden and we're paying attention to the categories that bring in money and we're going to build yeah. up those categories, then we need to lose our tax exempt status. And then it's like, oh, no, 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 no. No, no, no. We need to people to donate yeah. to us for a tax break. So like there's this thing going on. Yeah. Well, and I when people are like, well, more people watch the the men's and it's like, well, 
it's the only thing I see on TV ever mm-hmm. during the whole month of March. Mm-hmm. There's nothing else. There's no marketing. There's no grand, you know, display of March Madness for for the right. women. You know, right. And to that point, mm-hmm. like I don't have a solution. I'm just saying a, a fact. Yeah, it is harder. Yeah, it's harder. Yeah. What was the scariest thing about starting? Oh, I was so dumb. I, if I have one superpower, this is what it is. Okay. I don't realize things are scary or hard until I'm well past them. That is amazing. And so, like, I had this experience one time when I was hiking in Zion's Mm -hmm. where I almost fell off a cliff and didn't even, like, I was like, oh, I almost fell. And then I just, like, we were rappelling down these cliffs and Mm -hmm. I just rappelled down. Um, Like, I wasn't hooked in. Mm -hmm. And I went to go lean back and I almost fell. Just went down. Like, four days later, I was in bed, woke up in a cold sweat, like, (gasps) I almost died. That is a great quality. I, I didn't know. You have like fear blindness. Yeah. 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 I like this one. What's something, what's a different industry that you would like to try? If guaranteed success, what would you jump over to? Um, I would become a lobbyist. What would you, what would be your first, your first lobby? It doesn't, it does not matter. I'm going to be, okay. I'm going to be totally honest with you. Okay. So I was an intern in DC. I mm-hmm. talk about it way too much. Like I, I'm not experienced enough to talk about it as often as I do, yeah. but I was there. I talked to lobbyists every day. Mm-hmm. Still don't really know what they do. <laughs> I mean, there's, they do a lot, Yeah, but essentially like lobbyists are the real power mm. in politics. Mm-hmm. So po- politicians run for office. They have to get elected. Yeah. But the money all flows through the lobbying. Oh, okay. So you want to do it on like a on a national level? No, just like, in the state. Just here. Yeah, I have. I already have a list of things I'd get done. <laughs> I don't. But I don't doubt that they would the get thing, done, huh? Maddie. I think yeah. we talked about. This. Yeah, tell me. You three things. Okay, money, power, fame. You can only pick two. What would I choose? Money, power, fame. Uh, money and fame. Hundred percent for you. Yeah, power and money. Oh, for me. okay. Yeah. Okay, well, now you're making me second guess because now I'm thinking about having no power and that would be terrible because that's the point of having fame and money. The thing is, like, fame and power are almost interchangeable, right? Well, fame and power are the two I would not choose. Money is somewhere in there. They're two sides of the same coin, (laughs) essentially, right? Um, And then money is, like, everyone picks money. No one picks fame and power. (laughs) No, that would be the worst. That would be the worst possible combo. What's the one for boyfriends? It's like, you can only have two out of uh, like taller than you tall funny and rich you can only have two <laughs> uh funny and rich probably oh yeah easy right no, that was like that's like one thing this is a totally random topic but just on this on this topic matt and i are like the same height i'm maybe i'm usually taller than him when mm-hmm. i wear shoes it used to bother me so bad really? and now i'm like this is so okay sexy. but i saw was it on your instagram where someone asked a question about that yeah last night somebody said uh, I want to date this guy, but he's my same height. Mm. I'm like, it's weird how much, you know, yeah, it's just weird how much stock we put into tall guys Ugh. because of like, that's my choice. If he can be rich and funny, but mm-hmm. he's short, mm-hmm. bring it on. Bring but, it on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly what I married, right, Matt? Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you ever get tired of of like the end of, like the products that you were selling? Like, was there ever a point that you were like, I want to expand or I want to add new? Cause I know that you started as just the mocks, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And now you do bags, you do mm-hmm. all sorts of baby shoes. Yep. Was there ever a point where you were like, I want to totally uh, like pivot and do something else all the time. Really? Yeah. All the time. I, I'm a builder mm-hmm. and I love seeing people build. Like when we were building our house, 
I would go over there twice a day just to like be around the building energy. Yeah, you love that. Oh my gosh, I'm obsessed with it. And my builder at first, he's like, you're the only home builder that I've ever had that would come and just like watch. You like want to watch it. (laughs) But like not be like, why are you doing it that way? What's happening? Like there was one time where I'm like, hey, this looks a little off and it what the wall was off. Yeah. But never in my life. I wasn't trying to like get in the way. You love the process. I love the energy from building. Mm -hmm. Like I'm a builder. I'm a creator. Yeah. And so for me as Freshly Picked has grown, it's been, that's like one of the things most entrepreneurs face is you like, you know, you're successful and things are going good and you get a little bored and you're like, well, I know how to build. Maybe I should build another thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, Well, and when you're like, oh, I can, I've made this work. mm -hmm. I think I can make something else work too. Is it formulaic? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do I have, do I have a system? Is this the process? Right. And so I've had to, I've had to be hyper-focused because I know what I want to do with Freshly Picked and I know what the end result looks like for me. And so I've had to like really focus on it and be like really diligent about it yeah. so that I don't go and do other things. Yeah. Did you have people, so when you first started or when it was first kind of picking up, did you have people that were like, that were not not discouraging, not like, oh, you shouldn't do that, but kind of made you feel like this is probably not going to turn into anything? All the time. Really? Mm-hmm. Was it people you were close to or was it like strangers? Both? Both. Yeah. And um, I still, you still get it. But what um, I can remember on Shark, when I went on Shark Tank. Yeah. Um, you're, you talk to hair and makeup one day and they're like, well, how do you want to look? And I was like filming with like these girls who had these hair extensions and they were like, yeah. glam. Like, yeah. I don't think they'd eaten for weeks. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, they looked so yeah. good. And I was like, I really want to look under, like, like underestimatable. Yeah. Like, I just want to look like the mom next door. Yeah. Like plain. Yes. Yeah. Like, can you make me look like super approachable? Yeah. And I think like it used to bother me when people would be like, oh, and your cute little shoe, your cute little baby company. Yeah. And I'm like, like, oh, are you still doing that? I sold a million mocks last year. Yeah. Like, I'm like, <laughs> no, honestly. Yeah. Like, yeah. Really upset. I can remember one event I went to in Provo and this old guy came up to me. And I was probably like six years in business at this point. Uh-huh. And he goes, oh, my gosh, I saw a girl at the farmer's market selling mocks. And I was like, OK. And he goes, maybe you should hook up with her and she could give you some tips. <gasps> and, and I was like, like the girl at the farmer's market. Yeah. <laughs> who copied my design. OK. Yeah. And I was like, wait, uh, who said that? Just some rant. I can't even remember. Yeah. And I was like, I need to leave this event. Right now, you know? Yeah. But also, like, it used to really bother me when people would underestimate me. Right. And now I like it. Yeah. I like it when you don't, like, I like to surprise people. I like people to be pleasantly surprised. And I don't care, actually, how you view me. Yeah. But if you're going to think I'm, like, this way or this way, I would rather you be underwhelmed but overwhelmed when you meet me or overwhelmed when you experience our product right I like that take so much more than like the kind of hardcore like I can't wait to prove them wrong like Mm. I can't you know kind of the more malicious Mm. energy that people get when it's like somebody told me I couldn't do it and now it's like no I like that they underestimated me and I like pleasantly surprising people rather than making it like well, I'm going to get back at him. One way is like to what end? Yeah. And then what? Yeah. <laughs> and then the other way is like, I'm just going to quietly or I'm just going to continue to be me and build what right. I'm building. And whether you'll either catch the vision or you won't. Right. But either way, I'm not going to let it influence too much of me. <laughs> I might not keep this in. Will the Friends collection ever be restocked? 
We're actually, um, we have a new Friends collection coming out and oh. we will restock the old Friends. And we have, Marissa's going to kill me, but we have Seinfeld coming out. We have Gossip Girl coming out. Are you serious? Yeah, Do you we, want me to cut this or can I keep it in? Um, I can cut it. No, you can totally keep it in. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess you're the boss. So we have like the back half of our year is so stacked. It's yeah. just going to be. Did you have to delay some things from 2020? We. Well, no, but we've had to delay some stuff from the beginning of the year because of shipping problems. Right, right, right. Um, so we were we're like probably uh four to six weeks behind. Right. Um, so we're we're coming on some real good stuff. Um, okay, tell us tell us about a day that you wanted to quit. I mean, I've had so many days where I've gotten home from work and I've just sat in the driveway just like staring into space like whose life am I living? Yeah. <laughs> like, how did we get here? Yeah. How did I get here? Yeah. Um, there was a day, I mean, we've, we've had, I've had a ton of up and downs, but something I've started talking about recently because I've finally gotten like my head around it mm-hmm. and I'm in a place where I feel really good about it. But um, three years ago, I found out that one of our employees had been stealing from us and it was so devastating to me. And I came home and I was like, well, well, and the business was in a really precarious spot. Like it was like do or die. Like we had almost no money in our bank account and payroll due in a couple days. And like you can't miss payroll. That's like a sacred promise you can't break with your employees. So I was trying to wrap my head around this like huge traumatic betrayal. And then I was also trying to wrap my head around an operational like need. Yeah. And I just felt like, oh, I might like just like I was melting. You're like, this is the day that mm-hmm. it ends. <laughs> <laughs> it, it honestly felt like that. Yeah. But um, I came home and I just was sitting in the driveway and my sister was there and she was like bounced up to the door and <laughs> she opened the door and I told her what happened. And she was so good. She just like held me while I cried. Yeah. And like, I'm not, I'm not a crier. I'm not like, ooh, holding your emotions. Don't show emotion. Right. You're just not overly like. No. But like weddings, funerals, and this day, totally going to (laughs) cry. And also like, I was in my daughter's room the other night. And I was telling her how amazing she is and what a good girl she is. And I started crying because she's so cool. (laughs) So yeah. She is extremely cool. She's amazing. Yeah. So um, I can just remember feeling like honestly like I had a choice like okay this is big and companies have folded for less than this so you can quit and no one's gonna blame you yeah like you can quit or you can like strap on your boots and pull Chris Kardashian and just dig in and get it done yeah you know yeah Chris Jenner sorry Chris Jenner yeah um and so I I wrestled with that for a couple hours that night and like I've actually never told anyone this because I felt like I did have a choice. My investors were not going to be mad. My employees would have understood. Everybody would have understood. Yeah. Everyone it was would... like it was like the perfect opportunity yeah. to quit. Yeah. Yeah. Or are you just going to like, are you going to get it done? Mm-hmm. And I'm not a quitter. Like, so it it was the easier choice for me to just keep going. Um, but like, if anyone else was in the same situation, I think I would have been like, oh, you might want to fold it and go home. Yeah. Sis, you know? Yeah. And so I, I, I didn't sleep that night. And I remember waking up in the morning just being like, was that real? Like, I think I slept two hours and I just decided like, okay, I'm going to get this done. Yeah. And like here we got to do it. Now. Yeah. And here we are like stronger than ever. Yeah. 
and the company is amazing and I'm a different per- I am a different person than I was. We all are, but like so- such a better person for yeah. having gone through this. I think you're a better boss. Mhm. Yeah. Mhm. Um something that was really important to me and I worked with my therapist a lot during that time was like okay. I don't want to come out the out of this not trusting people. This is really important that I keep my trusting spirit and that my generous spirit too. Like these are the two th- these are the two things I really want to hold on to and he's like, "Yeah, you don't have to give them up." And it was like I oh oh okay yeah sometimes you just need somebody to tell you like Mm -hmm. even like you need permission from Mm -hmm. whoever will give it to you yeah you just need somebody to say like no you don't have to give that up yeah so so I became like I'm wiser Mm -hmm. and oh my gosh like I will cut a bit like I yeah (laughs) I have no uh, like I I have amazing boundaries yeah but I'm also like a kinder gentler more understanding person yeah. too. Okay, so last business question, and then we'll get into other topics. But um, what ha- what's the most rewarding part of all of it? Oh my gosh! So for me, it's never like the Kardashian sisters love us. Yeah, we've worked with biggest celebrities you yeah. can work with. Yeah, um, I've worked with like Aisha Curry is like. Yeah. I love her. Did you do a collection with her? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, She designed it. And those are amazing. Yeah. Like, those are really fun. But my favorite is, like, I was at... I was at church on Sunday and a girl's walking in and she has a freshly picked bag and I go, I really like your backpack. And she goes, Oh my gosh, these backpacks are the best. She had no idea yeah. that I was the owner of freshly picked. Yeah. And I was like, that for me is always like so amazing and rewarding. Like people yeah. are buying it because they really think the brand is cool and they love the product. Well, and like, I just feel like it's such a staple for like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm very like, I love moms. Like mm-hmm. I love, love, love moms. Mm-hmm. I, I like will defend all the young moms that listen to me. Um, but we love moms. We love moms. But like the fact that you freshly picked is like such a staple in like a really fragile part of people's lives, mm-hmm. you know, like where they're having a baby and they're deciding what things to get. And like, it's a very like kind of like a, just a romantic part of what you do that people like dream of like owning these bags and having them for their first baby. Yep. And like, I think it's really cool. Like I remember, I remember um, like one of my sisters-in-law had a baby forever ago and I was a baby cubby. And I was like, should I buy her a freshly picked bag? Like, I was like, should I like be the coolest sister-in-law ever? And it was like, it's just like, a, it's a really cool brand. And it's a real, like, it's been, it was cool to see the brand and then to meet you and like, yeah, it's just it's it's the coolest, and you're the coolest. So. Oh, you're so so nice. I like it. Okay, Thank so you. now let's talk about other things about you. Okay, do you have a time frame? Do you need to go? No. Okay, so first I want to know a few of your hot takes. Yeah, do you have any on deck? Oh, I'll tell you some here. I, yes. I can tell you some that people were submitting to me the other day. Okay. Um, well, here here's one of my hot takes. I think that lobster is overrated and overpriced, mm-hmm. and I think it's terrible. I think it's the worst seafood. You don't like to eat it. I don't like to eat it. Okay. I think it is so... Do you like seafood? I love seafood. Okay. I okay. love seafood. We can and trust I, your opinion. Then. Yes. And I do like lobster. Mm-hmm. But when I go to a restaurant and it's $65 for a lobster tail, mm-hmm. I'm like, this had the best PR campaign ever because mm-hmm. it, it's kind of gross. Mm-hmm. Like it's a sea... Sandy. Yeah. And it's, it's like, like a it's like a bug, yeah. you know? <laughs> it used to be like... It used to be like fishermen's like food. Like that yeah. they used to like throw to the fishermen. Let's see. What's another one of my hot takes lately? I don't really like Haley and Justin Bieber. Oh, Yes. They're kind of one of mine that I'm like, mm. oh, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a really hot take right now. People are very defensive of Hailey Bieber. I think Chanel bags are disgusting. All of them. 
I, All of them? I, they're not cute. And they are expensive. They're 10K. I had a Chanel bag. It was yeah. like one of my, I, I am a goal crusher. So yeah. it was one of my goals. I was going to buy a Chanel bag. I bought a Chanel bag. I was actually with Monica the singer. Do you know Monica? Yes, who sings The Boy Is Mine. The Boy Is Mine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was with her when I bought my Chanel bag. Are you serious? Yeah. What a- In Vegas. What a flex. <laughs> what a flex. And I was so embarrassed carrying it. I would tuck the seat inside the bag. I think most designer stuff is overpriced and disgusting. Okay. That is a very hot take. Thank that you. is spicy. But I will spend a lot of money on shoes. <laughs> you do love your shoes. You love your do. Do are you like, uh, like specifically tennis shoes, or do you do heels? Do you do? No, I have to wear inserts. Like I'm 42. <laughs> like you don't wear. You can't you wear inserts on heels? No, like like medical grade. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and Louboutins don't come with that. <laughs> Louboutins don't come with no. It. And with also, Dr. I like to like. I'm just like I'm a chill. Like I just like to chill. Yeah. And I don't like to be fussy at all. Like I wear like thirty dollars jeans, thirty dollars shirt, but I'll wear four hundred dollars Nikes. Yeah. You're you like know? I got shit Jordans. to do. Like yeah. I'm not trying to. Yeah. 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 What's your favorite pair of shoes that you own? Um. Currently, the I bought a pair the other night when after I'd taken my like her nightly. I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> your your sleep your uh, yes. your ambience or your yeah. simply sl- whatever it is. Yeah. My it's it's like my uh, sleeping time su- like yeah, sleeping yeah. aid Susan. <laughs> yeah, sleeping aid Susan. Um, she has great taste. Huh? She does. So I bought some uh, Jordans that I've been looking at for a while. Yeah. Do you get them on StockX or what do you do? Uh, goat usually. Oh yeah. I think they have. They may be fake. I don't know. Who's I your, don't care. Who's your favorite uh, celebrity couple? I don't know. Um, or your least favorite. So I usually... Who fat... I really... I really liked Kim and Kanye. Really? Actually, I just like Kim. Yeah. I think yeah. she's fascinating. Yeah, she is for sure. Um, And I did think that her and Kanye like were good yeah. together. Mm-hmm. Um. But now, um, now they're broken up, and I, I, I told so many people they're not gonna do it. They're it's, not gonna, they're not gonna get divorced. They're not gonna get divorced because what's worse than a crazy husband is a crazy. Ex- There's one thing worse: crazy yeah, ex. A crazy ex husband. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Kim's a control freak. Anyway, um, she's a control freak. So I thought, like, you want to control the children, anyway, right? But they did, and I'm sad about that. Um, I really like Cardi B. <laughs> And offset. And, offset. <laughs> and um, I was kind of sad um, when uh, Saweetie and what's that other, the other guy's name? It's a uh, it's a uh, Quavo. Quavo. Broke. Wait, is it Quavo or is it the other guy? No, it's Quavo. They broke up last week, and I was because really who's sad the about who's the third guy? I can never remember. Offset, Quavo, and it's uh, they're all in Migos. But okay, let's see. Migos. You're gonna look it up. Yeah, I am. Um, I was sad when they broke up, and I'm always sad when Cardi and Offset break up. Yeah, that's a that's a rough one to get. Okay, wait, let's see. Take off. Take off. Let's not take off. And I love Chloe Kardashian and Scott. <laughs> you mean Courtney? No. I and they're not in a couple, but I love the relationship <laughs> between Chloe, Chloe Kardashian and Scott. And Scott. I I am a Scott apologist. Yeah, I like, love Scott. But him and Chloe together are so fun. They are really fun. No, I love Scott, even though he's definitely Lately, he's gone down because mm-hmm. I'm like, why do you only date 20 year olds? Yeah, it's like gross. I'm worried about him. But like, I think from where he was at like the beginning, yeah. like the early seasons to now, I really like that. Emotionally, but... he's 20 though. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, but it's just like I don't like his current girlfriend, Lisa Rena's daughter. 
Oh, Amelia. I don't, I don't I don't know anything about I'll her. I'll update you on her. I really like Lisa Renna though. <laughs> I love Lisa Renna. I love Lisa Renna. Are you gonna be on uh Real Housewives of Salt Lake soon? No. <laughs> Never. <laughs> no, but I'm fascinated by what it does for the the Utah ecosystem. I think it's good for the Utah ecosystem, actually. Yeah. 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 It's uh did you watch the whole season? No, I couldn't. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't finish through. it. I didn't finish all of it, but it has been a really funny it's been a really funny like addition to Utah culture is yeah. the fact is the fact that we have a Real Housewives franchise now. Yeah, I you mean, know? we're legit. We got Silicon Slopes. Yeah, we have, we have Real we're a bona fide. Uh, I don't know what the word is. What like, like a like we're, a, influ- we're an influential. Well, and we have all the influencers here. Every influencer. Okay, yes. here, answer me this. Yeah. Why is every, why are all the influencers here? Um, I don't know. When I went on Shark Tank. I asked my producer why they liked Utahns mm-hmm. so much. And he just like, it was like his first, like, he like, but he buttoned this question up after, mm-hmm. but he goes, cause they're so pretty. And then he was like, no, no, no. And they like have something about them. They're yeah. like clean cut. They're like nice. They're, they're really well mannered. They're hard workers. And so I feel like we can go through all that, but like social media really like most of it, I'm going to get myself in so much trouble, but there is some, a Janessa qua about a lot of influencers yeah. here Yeah, where they lead these really full rounded lives. Yeah. You know? Well, and I think what's, what's fascinating. Cause I've listened to a few podcasts about people who have, have never lived in Utah, have no ties to Utah, but they are like kind of coming at it with an outsider's mm-hmm. perspective. And they're like, how are these women? They're 25. They've got three kids. They're tiny they're mm-hmm. super rich mm-hmm. they dress you know they've got Louboutins everywhere they go they've mm-hmm. got perfect teeth perfect hair perfect mm-hmm. makeup all of that stuff and my like I think my kind of like more depressing theory so what I've noticed starting this account and doing all of this again I love I love young moms and I feel for them and I think that there's a lot of like unsaid pain that goes into being a new mom and mm-hmm. I feel for them but for sure also the group that that bullies me the most or that I hear the most neck I, I shouldn't even say bullies but that I get like the snarkiest feedback or maybe the meanest dms it's always from a young mom and like mm. I have talked to other you know, I'm, I don't consider myself maybe a micro influencer, but like I've talked to others who are like, yeah, the young moms are a really hard bunch. And mm-hmm. I talked about it once on my Instagram story and I had a lot of feedback of like, this is such a fragile time in our life and it's hard to not you you feel so emotional and it comes out at the wrong people all the time. And I've tried to be more empathetic about that. But what, how I think that ties into influencing is that I think that when there's so many young moms and they're at this really like tender spot in their life and they're comparing themselves to other people. And on top of that, it really feels because I am like, I love val- I love validation. I think Who it is doesn't? I think it is delicious. Mm-hmm. I want it all the time. I I understand. I want I I want it too. So when you're in that point when you're a young mom, you want people to tell you that you're doing a good job and you want people to tell you that you look good or that you got your body back or that you're, you know, all of these things and I think that that is sometimes a driving force of why people want to share their lives or kind of want to make it look really polished and nice because it feels and I don't fault them. It feels really good when people say, "Oh my gosh, 
you are the perfect you're you know you're the perfect mother you you look so good your kids are always so well dressed and I think that there's an element of like comparison between all of the young moms and it's hard to feel like you're doing I and and that in turn you know coming back around has made me more empathetic towards influencers and moms in general because I'm like they're they're dealing with something that I can't relate to yet and it's probably emotional in ways I don't understand and they need support like I can't understand and so it kind of I think it comes out in those ways have you ever had a panic attack yeah you know that moment right before it starts when your hearing goes away for yeah, a minute you feel like you're underwater yeah yeah so when you have a kid for the first time you feel like that for like nine months oh good okay like you <laughs> no but like you're but that space between yeah so so leading up to it it's hopeful and everyone has so much advice and yeah. blah, blah, blah 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 and then like your mom's there for a little bit and you're at the doctor and you're doing all this stuff right and then there's this moment when your mom drives away and I remember just being like you're like, so I'm, what do I do with it? I didn't get a license for this. Like, there <laughs> like, was you didn't no, vet me for there was, Yeah, there was no yeah. driver's that Like, I'm just looking at the baby like, okay, I guess we're going to figure this out. Yeah. And actually, entrepreneurship and motherhood, they're the same. It's the same thing, just on different playing fields. Yeah. It's the same reps. It's the same thing. Yeah. But, but I had postpartum mm-hmm. and you... I having my first kid was so much harder than having my second because I'm so selfish. Yeah. And going from only caring about myself to caring about a baby was like it blew my mind. Right. And I did feel like that like that like like that like that feeling for really like nine months. Yeah. And I was grasping onto anything that felt like it was like secure. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that. You're also like, I remember sitting in the hospital room crying because I was like, what if Hattie doesn't get invited to prom? Yeah. And like you're just. Like, you're like, that's 18 years away. <laughs> these fears yeah. that you never had before. Well, they're, they're real now. Yeah. Like, because I think about that, like, oh, what if my kid's bullied? No, I don't have kids. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> well, and judgment comes from a place of fear. For sure. It's always like, wait, if she does this and she says this, then what does it say about me? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you're in orbit trying to figure out what you're tied to as a new mom, yeah. I think you're surrounded by fear it's so scary oh i yeah i yeah that's one of those things that i'm like i can't imagine i i've never had that so i don't fault moms when they when they have those things and i try and be i mean it's hard when i get you know mean feedback from people mm-hmm. and i want to be like mm, but then it, you know i'm like okay it's not about me you know whatever yeah. but no it's it's i think it's so good that you're like I, I i think it's super inspiring that you're being empathetic like okay but why are yeah. What's going on in your life that you feel the need to tell me this? Yeah. Well, and the other part of it is that like I'm one of the only people kind of in my circle or mm-hmm. like the pe- that doesn't have kids. And so I don't want to be the type of person that's like, I'm just going to write off what they say and how they feel because I don't get it. You know, Well, but- and I would tell the moms like, like from from a bit from an yeah. entrepreneur point of view, like. Hey, remember the first time that your kid plays with someone and you're like, please don't say that stupid thing you say. Like, yeah. <laughs> you just want them to love your kids. Yeah. Like what you're doing and what you're putting out, you just want people to love it. Yeah. And it's similar. And yeah. so like they're, they're more, they're, they're, they, they need to have empathy to you too. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, I think it's empathy is like the hardest empathy does not come naturally to me like at all. Oh, it's really? not. Yeah. I wouldn't have known no. that. Oh, that's nice. But good brand is empathy. And what do you mean? Building a good brand is actually having empathy for your consumer. Okay. I like this. Keep talking. And I keep, think keep, like... Keep talking. The <laughs> bad... Like the way that you have branded yourself is nothing short of genius, actually. I've told a lot of people okay, this. Okay, that's really I think nice. the bad broadcast is one of the 
best names I've ever heard. Okay. I think funny for a girl is funny. And I'm actually going to put this out here so you guys can help me bully Maddie. I think you should do smart for a girl, good at math for a girl. I texted you. I want to do strong for a girl, fast for a girl. All those things. Um, Anyways, no. Well, that's that's really nice. So I would say you are empathetic. Well, that's that's really nice. But I but 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 two things can be true at the same yeah, time. You yeah. can be selfish and empathetic at yeah. the same time. And I think that some of it, I think I mainly mean like my interactions with people mm. like kind of in passing, like in people with people that I love, you know, Matt, my mom, I try and be I try and be more. But like it's it's been a, like a process being like, OK, that lady who's really bugging me, who did that, who, you know, it's like trying the the empathy for that situation doesn't come naturally to me. Yeah. And then you I find usually, it in humor, right? Yeah. And yeah. I find it in humor. And I usually like if I can if I can if I have a really bad attitude about something like somebody annoying at the DMV or whatever, if I can make a joke out of it, I can usually relieve myself of like feeling pissed off. Mm-hmm. But I don't often think like well are they having a bad day and so I've had to just make it a habit of being like Maddie are they having a bad day (laughs) okay you know one of my old old lady friends would always say listen it's either a good time or a good story (laughs) yes I yes okay I said this the other day about uh, okay, so Kate McKinnon said it. Do, are you an SNL person? Do you like mm, SNL? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Kate McKinnon said it about going to parties. She said, I love going to bad parties because it's always a better oh, yes, story. I heard you talk about yeah. this. Yes. And I and I totally, it's like has changed how I feel about, especially like annoying situations like flight delays or just mm-hmm. annoyances of life that I'm like, and now that I have a podcast, I'm like, this will make, this will be good yeah. content. <laughs> Here we <laughs> this go. Will be, this is like 15, when my neighbor got arrested, I was like, this is 15 minutes of a podcast. <laughs> it was so good. I was terrified the whole time, but I was like, the content, will come but yes. anyway well that's really nice okay but wait can i yeah. tell you my favorite bad comment story that i've had in a long time yes for myself yes tell me i don't get a ton of hate yeah but we do occasionally yeah so a couple weeks ago we released a pretty political shoe yes i saw it um in celebration of women's month yeah so we did a vice president shoe because yeah. she's first female vice president we wanted to celebrate that awesome and I said I was going to buy it and wear it on my big toe. <laughs> <laughs> People got super upset. And this one guy reached out to me and well, he he commented a ton yeah. in our comments <laughs> about how, uh, you know, it was a bad, she's a bad, um, she's a bad example for women. Yeah. Cannot believe that we would put someone out who's so terrible for women. Right. Um, she slept her way to the top, common things like this. Yeah. Um, and then I I go over to his profile because I'm kind of always interested, like, who are these people? Yeah. And if they're private, what then... What led you to this yeah. point in your life? How did we get here? <laughs> and he's following a ton of porn stars. And I'm like... Love that. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Just, like, kind of interesting, right? Yeah. Didn't draw any conclusions. Then he DM'd me personally. Like on... Like Susan Peterson. Uh-huh. Yeah. And was telling me how disappointed he was in me and how... She's a terrible example for women and all these. And I just hate when men tell me what how I should feel about other women. It's uh, like yeah. one of my biggest pet peeves. Yeah. But then he said, we will never purchase from you again. <laughs> and I don't think you understand the loss this is going to be. And I was like, okay, well, how much have they purchased? You know, yeah. curious. So I go and this was the next day after all the after it had all gone up. Yeah, happened and there's 24 hours so if you're in the middle of this just let it go yeah. because it'll go away and so then I go and look at his wife and I find her and I find she had bought right after he had sent me that DM <laughs> she bought the Kamala shoe 
No, she oh, huh? bought Winnie the Pooh shoes, but still she had purchased right after he had sent, like a couple hours after he had sent me that DM. <laughs> and I can just imagine her being like, oh shit, you told her what? Oh quick, I'm yeah. going to go buy the shoes I want. <laughs> that was it. That was the last one. Yeah. 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 She's like, I got to get it in before uh-huh. he noticed mm-hmm. that I spent all this money. And it was just one of those moments where I'm like, oh, I, I kind of wish I was one of those people that shared this kind of stuff, but let's just let it go. Yeah. Move on from yeah. it. You know? I've also started, like, when I used to get comments like that, I used to post about them or, like, mm-hmm. make jokes about them. But then I felt like it was coming across, like, I wanted people to make me feel better. Yeah. But I was really just trying to find that it was funny. You know, yeah. I had guys in my DM saying random stuff that I would just post on my story. And yeah. I think, and, like, people would email me and be like, just so you know, I think you're doing a really yeah. good job. And I'm like, no, that's so nice. I was just trying to find a joke in there. Right. I'm, I wasn't like feeling bad about it, but um, yeah. Well, you get, and you don't want that to become the narrative. Yeah, totally. But yeah, people get very they people get real brave behind behind keyboards. It's been very yeah. interesting. But there always there's always something going on. Yeah. No. Nobody. Nobody who's like at peace and happy and mm-hmm. okay yells at strangers on the internet. It's no, just not something and, that happens. And not only that, like ninety percent of these people would never say this to your face because oh, they realize mm-hmm. you're malleable and you're a person with feelings. Yeah. Okay, we were just talking about influencers, but I just want, do you have an influencer that you love, like that you, or like influencers, like that you don't know personally, but you love to follow? You probably know a bunch of them though. Um, let me think. Okay, so there's this girl I just started following, Tinks from LA. You follow Tinks. I love Tinks. I love Tinks. And I love her rich mom content. Her rich mom content is so good. Yes. She, you know what's so funny about Tinks? Tell me if you feel this way about her. I like don't know if I would like her, but mm-hmm. I love her. <laughs> I think we would be friends. Yeah. Yeah. I think that she, I I like feel like we would be too, but I'm also like, would you maybe at least bully we, me? At, no, she wouldn't bully you. At <laughs> least we'd all be party friends. For like sure. Like when we saw each other out, For sure. we'd, we'd hang we'd out. We'd go to Air One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'd get yeah. her salads. Yes. <laughs> no, I love her. I, I I followed her on TikTok before I followed her on Instagram, We're but I think she's funny. We're actually trying to get a hold of her so that we can send her a rich mom package. <gasps> from that Freshly is, Picked. That is genius. Because I love her rich mom. I, her, her content all around is just so it's, good. It's really funny. Yeah. It's really like, it's what I like about her too, is that she's, she's refreshing, but she's not trying to be like, so real that like, like she's yeah. obviously got, she's from like a well-to-do family. Mm-hmm. She's raised in London. Like mm-hmm. she's, and like, I like that she talks about it openly and like yeah. embraces it. And isn't she said like, she went to the same orthodontist as Harry and William. Yeah. Like, like she's like super <laughs> rich or like whatever. She flies between LA and New York. And yeah. I like that she talks about it because nothing's worse than, than influencers who are clearly super wealthy. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, I just, I Apo- couldn't. Apologies. Yeah. Well, apologies, not even apologies, but like they act like they're poor. You yeah. know, like they're like, I don't know how I'm going to afford to fix my car, mm-hmm. you know, like stuff like that, that we're all like, we know that's not real. Like right. we know you can afford to fix your car. Right. There's no narrative that's not real. She's yeah. Very authentic. Yeah. I do like her a lot. Yeah. Um, okay. For some reason, I felt like asking you this. What's your um, what's your go to Costco buy? What's your favorite Costco purchase? Oh, my gosh. I am. You've never met a more. um nutritionally hopeful person than Susan (laughs) Peterson when she goes to Costco. It is all the vegetables, all the fruit, all the green drinks, all the wellness shots. Are they they consumed? Well, we usually like get Taco Bell on the way home. Yeah, of course, because the food's not put away yet. So like you can't eat it yet. Um, But I yeah, I'm super I'm super ambitious. Yeah. I always tell Matt that I get I get really body positive mm-hmm. at about eleven PM when I want Taco Bell. You know? <laughs> like I'm really like I'm like, I look good. Yeah. I can eat Taco Bell. I don't buy treats from Costco though. Yeah, I if I if I keep treats 
Well, the other thing is that it's just me and Matt at home. So if I buy treats, I have to buy 6,000 of them. Right. You know, like I can't buy a box of fruit snacks. There's there's seriously 250. Right. So I don't ever do that. But you're so are you like you're not like a are you a dip person? Do you buy like their no. special? No, no. I'm cheese? telling you. Do you like cheese? I love cheese, but we usually get our cheese from Trader Joe's. What's your favorite cheese? Okay, so I really like, there's this, We have you ever been to Pizzeria 712? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's this meal they make there with a crostini, or not meal, but it's an appetizer with yeah. a crostini and the beets and the goat cheese. Yes, with, the whipped goat yes, cheese. Yes. So at Trader Joe's, there's a whipped goat cheese. And then you can get the beets and slice them up and do some crostinis. And it's like life changing. Okay. You know what I also love with, with goat cheese is I like a little sweet. So I like like a blackberry mm. and some honey Yum. or something like that. Like I, But I do love beets and goat cheese and honey on top of that. Well, we eat pretty healthily though when yeah. Christian, because you, you yeah, can yeah, yeah. to dinner. Christian cooks like really well. Yeah. Like yeah. the best ever. Yeah. I know. I thought you were going to, when when we first met him, I was like, where do you what do you run what what restaurant do you run <laughs> like where who do you cook for he just likes to do it for himself yeah yeah it's really yeah. cute all right well thanks for being here thanks, thanks for, for you me. you have been a huge boost in in my motivation lately like meeting you and kind of feeling this new so like nice. no seriously like feel, I felt like this new energy with my stuff since meeting you and I know that everybody who ta- I mean I've talked to business owners who are like talk to Susan and you just feel like you can accomplish anything so you know what though I really think everyone can no I know and that's how you make people feel I feel like I believe that for myself I believe it for my kids but yeah. I like I see you and I'm like oh my gosh Maddie's doing so many cool things oh my gosh you're too nice this is so amazing and I really can just see like the big picture for you well you're nice I hope we I hope we get there and I don't you will I don't uh <laughs> get too lazy or watch too much Grey's Anatomy but you, okay. you can't kill it that's the, that's the other thing I want people to know. You can't kill it. It's really hard. No, that is that is really good advice, especially, I think, for people who are feeling burned out and feeling like 2020 was, like, in the dumps. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah. yeah. It's hard to kill a business. Yeah. Okay, well, let's do it again soon. Okay, Come back. can't wait. Okay. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs>